2: Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 268, brought to you by... Hookem.com, our good friends at Bud Light. I'm Cedric Golden here with the Duck, Kirk Bowles. And wow, Duck, we went to a practice. We saw a full scale Texas practice. Um, Was that a good thing after the way these quarterbacks played? Now, why do you got to go there already? We're uh, having a. I, I, Duck, I, 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 you know, I've been accused of being negative, and I'm trying. I'm mm-hmm. trying, Ringo, to be the shepherd. I want to be positive. But Hudson Card and Queen Ewers just didn't play very well over two hours of practice on they, Tuesday
0: night. They didn't stand out. They didn't look polished. They didn't look crisp. The ball is either on the ground or in defenders' hands. I mean, we counted maybe 10, 11 interceptions. And, and these are – just raw drills, no pass rush for the most part or anything. And uh it's not something you want to see. And this, says, as you know, was on top of the three picks at the two quarterbacks threw in the Saturday scrimmage last week. So it's gotta worry, Sarkeesian. He just, especially on top of the injuries to Isaiah Nayar and Junior Aguilar, you lose an offensive lineman and your number two wide receiver and Roshan Johnson, you're Versatile jack-of-all-trades, number two running back is, is hobbled a little bit. I don't know. It's just – I don't know. It. I don't know if there's not a sense of
2: urgency. Or... Oh, there has to be. I'm sorry. There, there has to be. But you can't manufacture great play. No. And you are what you are. We know that's a pretty small sample size of a full summer of workouts. Uh, he told us that it's been fun. Watching these guys compete, but uh, but I have to say that his level of concern—I'm sure it had to go up even more after watching them throw. Duck. It was double-figure interceptions for what mm-hmm. I saw between the two. Now uh, there are a couple of nice passes. Uh, Jordan Whittington went up, went up and got one, but I'm just—I just didn't see a clear-cut number one. I saw one A and one B, and I don't know which is which.
0: So, are we left as a result kind of a grab bag thing? Does it make any difference? And will they rely on Bijan so much? They're, they're a 60 40 run pass team. Uh, and how do you do that with four freshman offensive linemen in your two deep, in your two line units? I mean, that's risky as well.
2: Very risky. Um, I wrote it earlier, you know. Oh, we're gonna have Olin Buchanan talking about the Aggies coming up here pretty soon, but and, and things are a little rosier in College yeah. Station. But of course, we haven't watched them practice, so maybe may, maybe A and M's having some same similar things with their quarterback battle. But I just I just when I watched it, you know, I went in glass half full and just I don't know. I just didn't see it, and uh, hopefully. We caught them on just a bad day, and then it's going to be better when we see them again, um, which I guess will be the opener on September 3rd against Louisiana Monroe. But, um, man, just just for that one little snippet duck, they did not look good.
0: Let me ask you this. Hudson Card started two games. He was Sarkeesian's pick to to run this team. Started two games, got lifted after seven quarters for Casey Thompson and, and Hudson Card played in a whole bunch of games, threw over fifty passes. Could he be the safer pick over maybe a Quinn Ewers with bigger upside?
2: That's a really good question because I you mean know, this time last year, Doug, remember when he surprised us all when he when he named Hudson Card the starting quarterback and we we thought that it would be Casey Thompson right. and then he gives him the quick hook at Arkansas. The difference this year is. I think he kind of knew he had a nice little uh, ace up his sleeve with, with Casey because Casey lit it up in that bowl game the year before, and then Casey had shown an ability to make plays in the spring and the summer. Uh, so when Casey started making plays after taking over, we we weren't that shocked. We, were, mm-hmm. uh, we weren't because we, we thought that he, he'd shown us that he could do that. I don't know that he knows if he – if he starts Hudson and 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 gives him the quick hook like he could do in against Alabama if things get really ugly or if he gets hurt in that game, um there's not that security blanket mentality when you when you go to a Quinn yours who has not thrown a pass in college football. The last pass he threw in a football game was at South Lake Harold. So uh, the uncertainty Uncertainty around this quarterbacking situation has to have this head coach and Kyle Flood up nights. They have to be up nights wondering how they're going to get it done. It's going to be John heavy. You, can, Doug, you can't run him into the ground. No. You just can't run him into the ground. And I wrote I wrote last week that those backup running backs, the Roshan Johnson, the Keelan Robinson, the Jonathan Brooks, those kind of – guys are going to have to play a pivotal role in games where Texas is blowing out the competition. Um he's not going to say this to Bijan Robinson, but if it's me and I'm and I'm sorry, I'm I'm mutter, I'm mumbling to my coaches, sorry kid, you might not go, you might not end up in New York City this year. Oh. We're going to win games. We we can't be giving you the ball 30 times like Texas did with Ricky Williams can't do that because you just don't have good enough quarterbacking to hold up your end. They're going to need him in the big games against Oklahoma, against Alabama. They're he's going to have to carry it 20 to 25, 30 times to get what the, if they're going to be able to win these games because we haven't seen an uh we haven't seen any evidence that these quarterbacks going to light anybody up.
0: Well, he probably won't be in New York if the odds are they're not going to be a great team. He'll- That's true. Players, great players, and Bijan's a great player. We all know that. But if you go five and seven, seven and five, even eight and four, you're not going to New York unless you rush for two thousand yards. And Ricky went. Edition.
2: Ricky went in nine and three, didn't
0: he? Yeah, but would they win nine games in that one? But mm-hmm. you know, uh, here's the other thing too. There's more pressure on the quarterback decision this year. Sark and his staff had house money last year, your first year. You still got the honeymoon. But now, after a five and seven year, if you compound that and have another losing record or even an average season, then the whispers get a little louder. Like, well, maybe he's not the quarterback uh, guru we thought Sarkisian was. So that's why this is a lot more critical decision this year than last year.
2: It is, and the one thing that I'll say that, that makes me feel pretty good, and it might not be about this season, but definitely next season, I see some good-looking kids on that offensive line. Oh, yeah. no I question. see some good-looking kids up front. Definitely, uh, Kel- Kelvin Banks Jr. is a grown-ass man already. Mm-hmm. He's just a freshman. Uh, D- DJ Campbell, grown man. Uh, we know Jake, we know Jake Majors has the pedigree. Uh, Christian Jones is is uh, better on the right side than he is on the left. I'd rather start a true freshman with more upside over there than Christian Jones, who just appeared, appeared to be overwhelmed at several points last season. So uh, Hayden Carter is in there. So um, young up front, but talented up front, and maybe that'll pay dividends next season. I don't know about this season. Um I just I just wonder, uh Duck, what's a, I'll ask you, what's a good season stat wise for these quarterbacks? What do you what do you have to have for Texas to win seven or eight games? Maybe not.
0: I think you gotta hit twenty touchdown threshold, you know, you may not hit twenty six or twenty eight or thirty or beyond, but no. That's I right. think you take any pressure off Bijan, you got to hit 20 and you got to hold your interceptions under 12 or 10, you know. I mean, you know, you throw 18 touchdowns with 12
2: interceptions, that's a losing season. But that's about where I am right now with them, Doc. I'm Ooh. down on them. I'm yeah. down on these quarterbacks right now. Yeah, and I, I, hope, I, I hope and I know people out there think that I'm being too negative and, and, and I'm, you know, golden golden's just a hater. I, let me keep, let, let me keep it hundred here. I, I want the Texas Longhorns to have a good season. I want them to go undefeated, Doug. I, and they're not, they're not, they're obviously not going to go unbeaten uh, when they're good. It's better for us sure it is. guys at the game. Thanks it's for better for business. It's better for readership. Sure. We want them to do well. We like Steve Sarkeesian, Not that anybody asks us. I like Sark. He's pleasant. He asks. He answers the questions, and he's got an enthusiasm for the job that reminds me of Charlie Strong. I Thanks just hope that's where that's just hope that's where the similarities begin and end. <laughs> results wise, uh, we we don't need to see another five and seven. Uh, we don't want to see him. Uh, get whacked before he even gets started. So, and we felt the same way about Chuck. So, I think that 20 to 22 touchdowns passing and four or five rushing, we take a little <clears> heat <throat> off of Bijan. If that happens, and if they don't get, and if this offensive line grows up fast, and and this is the big one, Doug. If the defense, which gave up 425 yards a game, if they can get if they can get that thing under 400, and Doug, I mean that's not like a world beater. If you're giving up 390 yards a game, you're not a world beater, but you're like 75th or 80th in the country. I think Texas can rock with that. I do. I, uh, I don't expect them to be a Big 12 championship type team, but I think they can rock. With, uh, with the defense that's giving up 380, that's some bending and don't break numbers, Doug. Limit the big plays and be a ball control offense where, I know they hate this term, where whichever quarterback starts is a game manager who grows into the position. We'll see.
0: It's not Quinn Ewer's style, though. It's not in his DNA to be a game manager, so – you know, the other thing, too, is we haven't mentioned Roshan Johnson hurt his ankle, and you pray that's not a high ankle sprain that lingers because he's the real deal, you know. Now, I love Jonathan Brooks and Jen blue. Uh, Keelan Robinson, I think, has speed out the wazoo, but he's not going to be a blocker. You know, you're not going to trust him on third down as a pass protector, but – you know, he can also turn the field upside down. So hope Roshan's not out for
2: extended time.
0: Well, you hope, hope not. You um, never know. And they gotta stay healthy. They gotta stay healthier than they are right now. And they I don't know how many more crucial season ending injuries they could endure. So because it's 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 a thin team, you know. With there's, not a, there's
2: not a team in America that won't feel the loss of their most experienced interior lineman. And their number two receiver. I mean, no, everybody's going, right. going to feel that. Yeah, and and, and, and the when, season you know, hasn't started. Yeah, and the season hasn't even started. Everybody's going to feel that impact, even in even in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So when they when when, when John Meachie got hurt last year, yeah, in the championship game, they felt that. Yeah. They felt that duck. They felt that. So, I I hope that Roshan is not a high ankle sprain. Those those can be those can linger for a month or even more. Hopefully, it's just precautionary, and he will be back. But, man, if I'm Sark, I'm like, man, if I can just get through these next two weeks without a crushing injury, we might we might be okay.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we mentioned the wide receiver. You mentioned Nayor being hurt. You know, I still like their receivers. Xavier Worthy is all-American caliber. Mm-hmm. We all know that. 12 touchdowns last year, just under 1,000 yards. He's the real deal. Jordan Whittington. I think can play in the NFL. Just matters staying healthy. And he's a yards after catch kind of guy, which is what they need. Now, they're going to need somebody else to step up now. Tariq Milton was projected as the slot receiver backup to Jordan Whittington. He's a a super senior, has a lot of experience. Troy Amiri, he's had a history of knee problems. And who knows if what they're gonna get out of him. And yeah, I know you make fun of me, but these tight ends, they got a glut of them. They better have some of them produced, whether it's Jatavian Sanders or Julio Billingsley or Gunnar Helm or Juan Davis, one or two of them gonna to have to step up, especially now with this kind of
2: quarterback quandary they're in. And who's the best friend of a of a young quarterback? I a would tight say. End? It's- a in the strong running game. <laughs> Remember when Sammy Ellinger took over, him and K. Brewer became big buddies. <laughs> he was dumping that thing off to Kay Brewer on the regular. Um, it They they might be better, but I don't get excited about tight ends at Texas. It's been a minute since Jermichael Finley or David Thomas have come through here, both skeezy. It's yeah. been a minute since we've I seen those guys. Oh. And they've had
0: them. It's just been a while.
2: Blaine, Blaine Irby had yeah. promise, but he shredded his knee. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they haven't been a tight end offense for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So um, they might, they, there might be some dump offs as this offensive line gets its sea legs. There might be I'll some be more than dump offs. I think there'll be a big
0: part of the theme with Nayori getting hurt. I'll take that know.
2: bet. I'll take that bet. All All right. Right we're gonna, we're gonna do a segment next week. I don't think it's a dump off situation. We're, we're gonna do a segment leading as either next week or the week after leading into the season where okay. we where we're gonna have 10 bets okay we're gonna have 10 bets we're gonna we're gonna come up with some questions. I'll reach out to our viewer our viewership and our listenership uh, to to see what questions they want us to bet on and one of them, them has to be the tight ends. We're going to do an over-under on the tight end position, and you're going to lose. You will lose that bet.
0: I don't know where you're coming from. I mean, you had them 9-3 in the spring.
2: You know, you were high on them in the spring. What's I happened? I saw the quarterbacks. Oof. And then they lost Junior Angelo. Mm-hmm. And then they lost Isaiah Nair. And now Roshon Johnson may have a high ankle sprain. And they got to play Alabama in the second game. Play doom and gloom. I just. Chris Beard open season? the season, Moody wow. Center. <laughs> I'm not the one writing about hoops. I'm not the one writing about hoops right now. That's you. you sound like you're ready to. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm looking forward to football season, fam. I am. I love. I love football. I love Texas football. I love covering it. I just don't have that feeling that they're gonna be a player this year, and if these quarterbacks just surprise us and confound us. And one of them has a Casey Thompson type of presence before he got hurt, Doug. Then They're gonna be decent. But I bet you can't sit there right now on August the 18th, 2022, two weeks before the season starts and tell me they're gonna go 9-3.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you that. I don't see that. They're make a lot of progress so, these so last Don't get years.
2: mad at me for being real. <laughs> being real, we're I'm both real. real. I'm being real. Hey, before we get to, to yeah. uh, Buchanan, I know Longhorn Nation um, saddened by the loss of uh, legendary running back Steve Wooster. Um, Big Woo, uh, was was he and Chris Gilbert were the were two of the first superstar running backs on, on, on this, um, you know, in this team's great history. Um, did you know him very well, Duck? Uh, Cause I know that was your day and that's your age group.
0: Well, I didn't really, he, he came to, to Texas when I was still in high school, but, uh, but I was here, see the last couple of years when he played and he was the consummate fullback. He was the, the workhorse, the rugged guy that, you know, it, it pains you to have to tackle him. He brought the collision to you and he was so durable. And, uh, you know, the recruiting class, the Wooster bunch, you know, I talked to Bill a little, uh, this week, he said, well, Bill Ellington actually called him the Wooster crowd. And it kind of evolved into the Wooster bunch, but it was a heralded group. There were like 18 core players. Uh, a lot of them out of the Houston area. And it was the the class that produced two national titles and three Southwest conference championships in a 32 and one record. And he was one of those that came with such huge billing and huge expectations and lived up to it. And so it, it would not be overstating it to say, you know, he was the Arch Manning of his time as far as a recruit, because he just rewrote all the records at Bridge City. He had 38 100 yard games. 38. It's crazy. And he had like 28 in a row. You know, they won their state championship, beat McKinney like, I don't know, 30 to six. And McKinney giving up like 16 points a game, you know. So, so he was the real deal. He was a ladies' man. Nice. a party. You know, we, we, we would have liked covering him. I'll put it that way. And uh, it's, it's sad to see him leave us so early, but uh, he certainly is one that deserved uh, deserved his due because he was a great player.
2: On Second Thought. Well, Duck, we are, you know, we've had the doom and gloom of the Longhorns, but the, things are looking up in Aggie Town. A M and m coming off a an 8-4 and four rec- uh, record. They are number seven in the coaches poll, number six in the AP poll, just by Notre Dame was going to get rocked in the opener against Ohio State. So we had to bring on our guy, Olin Buchanan of com to get the temperature in College Station OB. What's shaking? Temperature's hot. Nice. <laughs> it's
1: hot. It's all hot. Yeah, I mean –
0: Literally and figuratively, right. So, so the question is: Ob, are the Aggies overrated, underrated, or right where they should be preseason? You know, uh, I would say this. Um,
1: I think they deserve to be anywhere between six and eleven. So if you say six, okay. Uh, there's an awful lot of talent, NFL-caliber NFL talent on this roster, uh, but there are some legitimate question marks. So uh, because of those questions. Um, you know, if you said uh, they should not be in the top 10, I wouldn't put them lower than 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of the, the fact that a lot of those questions concern guys that were have either played well in small glimpses like, uh, say, a Fidel Diggs or Shamar Turner, um, or, you know, guys who are really highly rated recruits. So it's I like to think of it as it's, there's a lot of questions, but it's an open book test. <laughs> uh, it might be pretty easy to find those answers, but until you actually have those answers, you have to have a certain amount of apprehension. And so uh, uh, I, you know, I'd have no issue uh, with them if they were ranked lower, but you know, the, the potential is there for them to be much higher. And if uh, some of those questions aren't asked or uh, are, are not answered in the right way, the definitely potential is there for them to you know fall and slip and maybe not be that high.
2: I think they're in a good spot. I mean, thirty-four and fourteen under Jimbo, three and one in bowl games. And four years ago, there were people nationwide going, "Oh my God, they're overpaid for Jimbo Fisher," and and I was one of those that go, "Hey, if you want the guy and you got to pay to get him, you go get him." They they crossed off a huge. They checked off a huge box, bringing in a proven winner. And the recruiting classes have been great. What's been his demeanor this summer, OB? He has to be excited because we all know to make a real run at a national championship, you usually got to start out in that top 10 and just and just navigate your way up. He seems to be uh very
1: confident. He's always been a very um cooperative coach um maybe that hasn't always been the case here but always a very cooperative coach but he's even been a little bit more um fun um and it just strikes me that you know i know you like to play poker said like he strikes me as that guy who's you know has already got uh, what they call it big slick in his hand and there might be an ace on the table you know he he feel he looks like
0: he uh he thinks that uh he has the look of a guy that thinks he has a really good football team. Nice. And he should. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say that, Sid, because I think uh, of where they've been eight years of the CFP already. I think it's eight. And the four teams came from the top six preseason every year. So that's a good omen for the Aggies to to, to be in that kind of company. Uh, the flip side is, you know, Jimbo's one of what? I guess it's four Active coaches who have won a national title, you know, along with Dabo and and uh, Nick and uh, our friend Mack Brown. So you know so he's an elite company. That said,
2: well, OB, Kirby, don't forget
0: Kirby. Yeah, Kirby, the latest one. So five. So is there any pressure on Jimbo? You know, going eight and four last year, not being ranked. You know, this is what year five for him, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's. I mean. First of all, how much pressure can there be with a guy with eighty-one million dollars guaranteed to come to him? Okay, yeah, different pressure. Different right. So yeah, but I did you know,
2: why didn't we become coaches?
1: Yeah, I was going that You know, people have me on other places around the country say see on the hot seat. I'm like <laughs> the hot seat. You got to pay this guy eighty-one million dollars over the next nine years, no matter what. <laughs> But okay. yeah, I mean, I think there's a. It's time to start saying, okay, um, if not now, when are you? Is And yeah. M going to be a, a, you know, a, a legitimate contender? Now, first of all, they were in 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 2020, and you can, you know, call me an apologist or whatever. They got hosed by not getting in the playoff that year. Uh, when you're only you know, when you go eight and zero against the SEC. And your only loss is to Alabama. And then you look at how Ohio State got in. Remember the Big Ten changed the, their own rules so Ohio State could get in
2: and Notre yeah. Dame? So, so. And Ohio State got net, OB, that the year Ohio State got worked at the house by Oregon, or was that last season?
1: No, I think that was last season. That was the year they're only the Iowa. Their, their only Iowa, win yes. Win.
2: Iowa worked.
1: Right. Their only win was, Uh, uh their, their, their win of significance that year was Indiana. And we know why. They weren't the brand name, Ohio State. Right. And, and so it was Notre Dame the brand name. Yes. So, uh, but a uh, and probably a better team. Uh, that said, uh, last year I thought they would have had a big year. Um, they didn't start too fresh from the offensive line by design. And uh, I'm hearing that Zach Calzada may not get the start at Auburn. You wouldn't so shock me. So, average. Um, you know, you were put in a position – Uh, people don't talk about they had a rash of injuries at receiver too. Now you can say that's excuses for them not winning 10 games. That's okay. But it's also facts um, that, you know, teams that lose their starting quarterback typically aren't going to be as good without them. Now sometimes it works out, but typically it's not. And they were on the cusp of winning 10 games last year. You know, they, they, uh, they gave one away against Mississippi state. They gave one away against LSU and, Uh, They threw it away against Ole Miss with two fourth-quarter interceptions, one for a touchdown and one set-up a touchdown. So, uh, with better quarterback play, um, they could have won 10 games last year. So, uh, I think if you don't think they haven't made that turn under Fisher, you're really not paying attention or you just don't want to.
2: You brought up quarterbacks. uh, Haines King, the son of the Longview head coach, Max Johnson, the Mm -hmm. son of – wasn't that your uh my my friend Chris Brown from back in the day, his former campmate Brad Johnson? How's that thing looking? And is it is it Haynes? Uh because that that's the that was the feeling I got in the spring.
1: Yeah, I don't know how it is over there in Austin with Sarkeesian, but here we don't get to go to the uh practices, right? And uh T1 OB. <laughs> you know, saw one last night, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I was asked by on one of on uh, some radio program they said how does the how does the quarterback look based on what you've seen?" I said, well, I don't think they're gonna pull, I don't think they're going to pull any hamstrings because they've been stretching really well
2: uh, <laughs> but, what we did. Yep.
1: but what we hear is that uh we hear that Haynes is looking really good and that his speed gives them a lot of dimension adds a lot of dimension to the offense. They can do a whole lot more with him. Uh, that said, when asked last week about it, Jimbo Fisher adamantly maintained that no one has a, uh, a, an edge in the competition and that they've been uh, all getting the same amount of reps with the same first team, second team, you know. And uh, lately I've heard that Connor Whitman, the, the five-star freshman's a guy that's been turning heads. So I don't think they'll go with a freshman this year uh, out of the gate. But uh, if I had to bet on it, I would put my money on Haynes King, but I'm not saying that's secretariat in that horse race, you know, uh, this could be a
0: close horse race, but I would, I would bet on Haynes. You know, and Max seems like the perfect backup. You know, you got a senior, you got a veteran. You've had a, a guy with a lot of SEC starts under his belt. Whereas Haynes King, you know, he's played parts of two games. So, but I agree with you. He's got mobility, he's got upside, he's got that extra dimension. So it just seems like Max would make the better backup, you know, if Haynes King, you know, has too many turnovers because he, you know, he he likes to, you know, push things and and maybe maybe a little more risk, but that's kind of his flair, isn't it?
1: Well, if we we don't know. I mean, uh he threw an interception as a freshman at Alabama. I thought his receiver did absolutely nothing to help him out. Uh, he had three interceptions against Kent State last year. Now, Jimbo will tell you two of them were not on Haynes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Still three interceptions. But, yeah. of course, I saw Johnny Manziel throw three interceptions in a couple of games. So, uh, you know, that happens. Uh, who knows? Did It's one of those things where nobody's really good until they get a chance to play. I mean, everybody that's good at one time had question marks around them. And, you know, so maybe he's going to turn out to be really good. You know, I know that young guy that uh, Kirk didn't vote for the Heisman, he turned out to be pretty good. but And you thought he was going to be good. But until he actually played, you know, you, you had to have some apprehension.
0: You had to bring up spilt milk, didn't you? Just, just <laughs> had to do it.
2: So you, you know, I wouldn't. It's uh, more, spoiled I than than that milk. more spoiled than spilt.
0: One of the questions, offensive line, they lose Kenyon Green. Uh, yes multiple All-American, but their offensive line, to me, looks great. And I don't know if it's as good or maybe better. And you might want to relate the story with Mr. Fothery, uh that we shared at SEC Media Days on them.
1: Well, um, I'll, I'll just say this. Um, they're going to be better. I would bet on them being better at four of the five positions in the offensive line, but they're not going to be as good as they were at left guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever, and they've got, like, four guys that are competing for that, and all four of them mm-hmm. uh, are supposed to be pretty good. But none of them are going to be as good as Kenyon Green. Right. Uh, but Bryce Foster and Reuben Fothery started as, center, uh, as freshmen. They were both freshman All-Americans, and I think they'll be better as sophomores. I mean, that stands to reason. Layden Robinson, who's a preseason All-American at right guard, uh, played hurt all last year. Um, but he played, and he, and he played well. And then Trey Zune – He's a red shirt freshman that's going to start at left tackle. Uh, he's replacing Jameer Johnson, who was a, 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 a transfer portal guy from Tennessee that once he got here, they found out uh, he had a bad knee. And, uh, uh, in fact, he didn't play in that win over Alabama. Uh, they had to shuffle their line and move Kenny Green out the left tackle in that game, and they started a kid from Hallsville, Texas, named Blake Trainer at guard. Uh, so uh, I think in those four positions they're going to be better. But I think the question is how good that offensive line is going to be is you focus at that left guard, and you know you're going to take a step down, but is it going to be like stepping off the curve or stepping off a cliff? Now, the thing about Reuben Fothery is uh, he uh, – his first start was against Arkansas, and he had some some issues. Arkansas won the line of scrimmage in that game, no doubt about it. Uh, but three weeks later, they're playing Alabama, and, uh, he played great. And in fact, in the last two drives, the one for a game tying touchdown in the last five minutes, one for a game tying touchdown and one for the game winning field goal, uh, Alabama's putting Will Anderson on him. You can go back and watch the tape number 31's on him. And, uh, in that period, uh, Will Anderson, uh, he won. He won the matchups. Will Anderson could not get to the quarterback. In fact, he does a great job in pass protection and stonewalling. Will Anderson on the uh, twenty-five—I think it was a twenty-five-yard pass to Anaya Smith that tied the game. Uh, Will Anderson finished that game, I think, with only like five, six tackles, no sacks. Mm-hmm. It was one of only two games that he didn't get a sack, and he. Uh, their Alabama coaches purposely put him on. Ruben Fathery uh in those last two series because they're thinking, hey, we got to get a stop. Let's put our best guy on their true freshman. And quite frankly, the true in in those uh in those uh series, the true freshman won.
0: So tell our audience is that, what is that the plan. guy
2: is that the guy that you went up to, Will Anderson, and asked, Do you know who Ruben Fathery is? Right. Right. I read that. I read that on Tex Axe.
1: Yeah, and he said, uh no, never heard of him, and, <laughs> and and you know what I was I was expecting him to either to say a, uh, yeah he's a good player, and I'd say hey the the guy that's supposedly the number one defensive player in the country just said yeah that you know gave acknowledgement to Reuben Fathery. or had he asked me because I understand a lot of guys, a lot of players don't know guys by their name they, they know
2: numbers they know numbers so they don't know maybe names. if
1: you would have said, uh, yeah I'd refresh my memory or 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 who is he. And I would have said number seventy six in Texas. A&E. He might say, "Oh yeah, that guy." But to just when he just dismissed it, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that made for a story. That's that's some kind of underhanded thing that Kirk Bowles might do to get a story. And <laughs> so was a,
0: there was a meltdown among Alabama fans. When, there was, and, and hey, that.
1: that's what we do. Uh, but it's still right. true. You know, they can get all mad if they want, but the yeah. fact of the matter is, Reuben Fathery won those uh, those matchups. Yeah. So. Uh, I think he's a guy that just showed the you know the, the tip of the proverbial iceberg last year for his potential, and I think he's going to be a
0: great player. Not just yeah. him, I think he's going to be a great player for anything. And speaking of being mad, uh, Jimbo and Nick have patched things up. I understand. Have what's they? Going on. Have Are they? Are they going on vacation together now? Uh, that was pretty <laughs> disingenuous, Jimbo, saying, oh, it was a big misunderstanding. I got all the respect
2: for him. It wasn't. I understood perfectly what he was.
0: Saying. Yeah, we all did.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure that uh, Greg Sankey, the commissioner, that uh, I'm sure that he had some hand in in uh, in mending the fences, nice. so to speak. <laughs> uh, but look, uh, two very competitive guys, two very successful guys, used to be friends. Maybe they still are. Maybe they're not. But I think a lot of us would. Uh, would react uh, strongly if you were suggested that you did something underhanded to do your job well. Um, uh, and that's what Nick Saban did. Now, that said, you could say maybe Jimbo's reaction was went over the top. And, and okay, that's fair. But um, if someone says, hey – the only reason you did your job well is because you did something while not illegal, uh, sounds, you know, to say, oh uh, you bought your own, your whole class. Well, the, the fact is a, a big part of that class was, uh, was committed even before, uh, NIL was approved. And then, uh, you know, they had, you know, this most of a lot, if not most, a lot of recruiting is done the junior year. And that was a year A&M went eight and m went 8 9 and one it should have been in the playoff. And then those guys that you recruited decide to come to a game and what game they're going to come to, the Alabama game. They saw the way that atmosphere was. And then you see what all A&M has to offer. And I know uh, some don't understand that, but there is a lot to offer that A&M has. So it's is it really that strict? big of a stretch that AM and recruited. Well, especially when Jimbo Fisher is recruited in the, in the top 10 every full class that he's been there. That first year, you know, that first year he showed up in December and that was when they had the uh, uh, early signing period started. But ever since that year, you know, he's been in the top 10, including number three. So, so all of a sudden uh, you can't have a good class. Well, you know, Jimbo recoiled at that and you know, made some accusations himself that uh, raised some questions, like when he said, well, ask Jimbo F- – I mean, ask Nick Saban what he did to get all those great recruiting classes. Mm-hmm. So we did ask him. We yeah. asked Jimbo Fisher, what do you mean? He said, "Now you're going to have to ask somebody else. I said, wait a minute, you're the guy that brought it up. So yeah. Yeah, please elaborate. And he wouldn't. Uh, but I'll say this. I was in Destin, Florida, and uh, people asked uh, Billy Napier, the Florida coach, and Kirby Smart, the Georgia coach, who both coached under Saban, asked him about that. Hey, do you know anything he did? Uh, maybe like, and neither one of them would touch it. They said, oh, you know, he's just a great coach, and I have a lot of respect for him. You know how they do. So, it's like
2: asking uh, if Michael Cordell a bad guy. There's certain questions you just don't answer.
1: <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, 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 what, all that did was it made for a lot of good uh, off-season fodder and I know the there are a couple of guys at Alabama when we were at SEC media days. Kirk can attest to this. They were saying, well, you know, we're going to uh, bring all that to the field on October 8th. You know, th- that's
0: when we're going to settle family business. So, yeah. and uh, they, and Olin, they have not talked, have they? As far as you know, Nick and Jimbo.
1: Well, I think they had to
0: have some conversation
1: when at the SEC spring meetings because they were like sat next to each other or close to each other yeah. uh, at one of those coaches' meetings. So I'm sure they've had some kind of talk. But as far as like uh, uh, no private, conversation. uh, private conversations of, like I said, mending the fences or whatever, I, to my knowledge, that's not the case, I think. But you know what? I think maybe that whole friendship thing between them, that whole story might have been a little bit exaggerated too. I don't think it was like Daryl Roy and Frank Broyles talking to each other on the phone all the time and playing golf all the time in the offseason. You know, maybe it was, yeah. but, you know, I, have, I I suspect that might not have been the case.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm really Go excited ahead,
2: about this matchup, and I'm excited about the season overall, OB. I'm just going to put it out there. 23 of the last <laughs> 26 seasons, the Aggies have had at least four losses. This feels different. This feels different. Now, over the years, we've gone game by game on that schedule. You'll call me, and we'll which let's knock them out real fast. I'm going to go down the list, Ob. You go win or loss, duck. You keep score, and we'll see what what Ob's record's going to be. All right, Sam Houston.
1: I'll take okay. that an A M and M win. <laughs> App App State. Uh, you know what? They're going to make you work, but You're that's good. an A and M win. Miami. That's an A M and oh. M win. That's an a and win.
2: And then the big one, I think I'm probably going to be at this one, Jerry World, Arkansas.
1: Yeah. Um, like I said, Arkansas just beat A&M last year. There's no other way around. it. And yet A&M still had the ball and a chance to tie in the fourth quarter. And then Calzado threw the interception off his center's helmet and and, and it set up a field goal and that was it. Uh, I'll take A&M this year. I really did. It's – it's, and I that's not from a – Coming from a place of uh, of saying, uh, you know, I'm just going to rah rah for a And i I'm just looking at better um, better quarterback play, and quite frankly, I think they're going to be better at running back, which is crazy to say without Isaiah Spiller, and he's doing well. I like that. I'm sorry, I like Ron that. My chain yeah. is a is a different kind of yeah. kind of guy, and making him your feature back, I think, just makes him better. Plus, Traylon Burks isn't playing wide receiver for uh, Arkansas anymore. They, they probably won't be as good, will they? No, nah, probably
0: not. Yeah. Folks oh, the Arkansas folks are going to be better, but, uh, you know. Yeah.
2: They got a tough schedule, too. But, oh, yeah, we got four wins. Then we got Mississippi State. At-miss, the fighting Mike Leeches went to College Station uh-huh. and surprised the Aggies. <clears throat> and You know – Get me from going to the Alabama game because I'm like, I'm not going to go watch them get crushed by Alabama if they can't beat Mississippi State at home.
1: Yeah, A&M um, went uh, – they got in the red zone four times against Mississippi State and kicked field goals on 3 them. Can't do that. Can't do that. That's- they moved the ball within the 20s. Now, I hear people say Mississippi State's going to be better. I don't know how you take Charles Cross off their offensive line uh, and, and that guy who was the transfer from Cal, I can't think of his name right now, who was their best receiver, and who was really good. Had two touchdowns against AM. and m uh, some of the guys they lost on their defense, like Aaron Brule, who's now uh, uh, going to be a starting linebacker at Michigan State. I don't know how you lose those guys and say you're going to be better. Uh, that's one of those games I thought with adequate quarterback play, AM would have won. So uh, now I understand start bull has been a, uh, a house of horrors for uh, – for the Aggies. I mean, they've been good A lot good of other teams.
2: teams too, yeah.
1: Yeah, but there's been good – N. go back and look at what they've done in Starkville, and when they've won, it's been really good years, and when they've lost, it's been really disappointing years. So, who you got? I'll take I'll take the Aggies. I think they're going to be really and good.
0: Now, so, now they're 5-0 and in oh and probably five two or three in the country, and they go to big bad Alabama at Tuscaloosa.
1: And I think anybody uh, would say that uh, they'll pick Alabama. And for you? Uh, you, as of today, I'll pick – you know, I would say that uh, Alabama should
0: win that game. What a turncoat. I can't believe that. Okay.
1: I, I try to look at things objective.
2: Then they go – Or you know no one's watching this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then off week <laughs> and then out of South Carolina. Yeah, I know South Carolina's supposed to be
0: better with Spencer Rattler and everything, but I'm still taking the Aggies in that game. Okay. All right, then you got uh, – Home games against Ole Miss and Florida, back-to-back. A&M is on Florida. Um, yes. the, and, and I don't know how good Florida
1: is supposed to be. I think, oh, think yeah. they're making good, but uh, I would take AM in that one. The Ole Miss game, um, that's going to be tougher, but at home. And that's not uh, Matt Corral playing quarterback. And you saw what they were without Matt Corral quarterback right. last year in their bowl game. That's right. So, as of today, I would take AM to win that game.
2: Okay. At War Eagle.
1: That might be – we might be looking at the worst Auburn team since 2012. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, So, yeah, I'm taking A&M over Auburn. Wouldn't you? I would. All day long. Yeah. Then you guys – Before we go any further – yeah, they're going to be UMass, okay? Okay. Which one of these games would you guys in Texas – in Austin would say, Olin's
0: crazy, they're not going to win that one? Well, we know you're crazy, but – I I I would you know which one would you disagree with me? Uh, I would say beware. I don't know what App State has coming back, but they're used to big games and environments. (laughs) So you know, until I think the Aggies are going to hit their stride the longer the season goes because you got a new quarterback, you got still we got a young O line and D line. So there may be some growing pains in September. So you know, I'm not saying Appalachian State's going to upset them, but you know, arkansas is a rivalry game mm-hmm. arkansas is feeling chesty, so uh but uh yeah, i think it's possible
2: Said do you got any issue with any of his wins so mine's wrong? Mississippi state i mean my, Mike leach at home always seems to beat somebody he shouldn't beat and that's that would be the trap game for me
1: well yeah. and, and you know what i think and, and i'm and i'm gonna take a m over lSU too, to wrap it up okay so 11, and one, 11 right. and one but but now wait a minute now here now i'm gonna say one of those games that I think they're going to win, they're going to lose.
2: Okay. Because and you're up 10-2. So, I'm
1: so going to say really two, 10 two. That, I don't know which game. I think they look like they're going to beat every one of those teams. I think they look like the more talented team right. in every one of those games except Alabama. But I've been covering the SEC a long time. And, I mean, Alabama loses games that they're not supposed to lose. You know, I've seen South Carolina beat a Georgia team that mm-hmm. I think played for the national championship or, or – Or close to it, so it's it's such a grind that it's it's not. I mean, you almost expect the team to lose one that they're not supposed to, right? And I don't know who it's going to be. It could be Arkansas.
0: It could be Mississippi State. It could be Ole Miss. I think they'll beat LSU here. Yeah, well, that's you said. That's the beast that is the SEC. And and as far as the class that Jimbo bought, uh, you got (laughs) you got wow you got. You got six five stars. Walter Nolan, D lineman. You got Evan Stewart, the wide receiver is just tearing it up. Do you think both those guys will start? And how many in the class do you think will start or be big contributors? Ob Uh, the starter, Evan Stewart. I think he'll start from day one. They're going to
1: hope that he has the freshman impact that Christian Kirk had. And if he does that, then I, Evan Stewart might be the most important player on the offense with the exception of the quarterback because he's the missing piece, supposedly, that provides that deep threat and makes those safeties come out of the box. Because uh, if you move those safeties back five more yards uh, and then Devon A. gets past the first line of defense, he mm-hmm. has a little bit more room to operate and he can turn a 10-yard gain into a you know 70-yard gain. So – but. Plus, you need that guy that can just give you a, a you know, 50-yard yeah. touchdown.
0: Yeah, stretch the field. So, yeah. any so, others besides um, those two maybe?
1: Freshman, uh, maybe before the end of the year, I could see Jake Johnson starting at tight end. Mm-hmm. Max's brother, who was the number one tight end prospect in the country. and. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Walter Nolan. You know, if you believe those recruiting services and the rankings they give the players the ratings, uh, Walter Nolan had a has a higher rating than uh, Miles Garrett did as a freshman. Wow. So uh, if he can come in and be anything like Miles, you know, they'll take that. But the thing is that A and M has some pretty good defensive ends that haven't played a lot, but they feel really good about, like to Misa mm-hmm. uh and uh, Fidel Diggs. And, uh, uh, so the thing about all those good defensive linemen, I think a lot of them are going to make a contribution right away. I don't know that they have to have them come in and start like miles had to start. I think had like 15 sacks the whole year before, and miles came in and got like 12. Uh, so, uh, I think this is a different situation. Now, I'm not saying that one of them like, – and it's probably Walter Nolan's probably the guy that's most likely to start. Even so, though I saw this kid from Florida, Shamar Stewart, up close, and that guy's freaking enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if he's as good as he is big. Uh, but uh, Walter Nolan, as, as highly thought of as he is, uh, if he's half the player that we keep hearing he is, then uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he got into the starting line. Denver Harris as a corner. You know, last year they started Tyreek uh, Chappelle out of, out of necessity as a true freshman at corner. Uh, maybe, if, and if not him, maybe a guy like Bryce Anderson out of Beaumont, who's a freshman out here. He's done some really good things at safety. But as far as uh, the ones I would just really feel strong, without a doubt, Stewart wouldn't be surprised to see Johnson and Nolan. Mm-hmm. Uh, those would be three that I'd say have a better than average chance. Uh, of starting, but a lot of them, I think, will see action and you know contribute a significant amount.
0: A lot of depth, a lot of depth, a lot of athletes. Well, well remember the Go ahead. they've recruited well. They've had
1: top yeah. 10 recruiting classes for the last three or four years. So, yeah, this is a great recruiting class. But it's not like you know mm-hmm. that, that they were barren of talent any, anyway. And so they have other guys that have been here uh, that were highly rated recruits, and now it's their time to step up.
0: The last question I have is D.J. Durkin, the new D.C., replacing Mike Elko. Uh, Will fans and media notice a change, and uh, how might uh, the approach or attack be different under Durkin?
1: Um, You know, I don't know uh, how different it will be. I don't think the the schemes are going to be a whole lot different. I think it's just going to come down to game day, how you decide to call play. You know, Mike had this great – sense of when to uh, bring the safeties or even a cornerback or whoever on a blitz. And quite often, uh, you know, he he just seemed to have a knack for a feel for the right time and the right guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Is is Durkin going to be able to do that? I don't know, but I will say this about DJ Durkin. Uh, When he was a defensive coordinator at Florida, they had a good defense. He was a defensive coordinator at Michigan. They had a really good defense. He went to uh, Ole Miss and, Two years ago, I thought Ole Miss's defense was one of the worst I'd seen. I mean, they were just lackluster. And two years later, I mean last year they had Sam Williams, good player, really good player with the Cowboys now. So they had him at defensive end. They had a linebacker transfer from Maryland and a safety transfer from Navy, and they were pretty good. But you didn't look at that defense and think outside of Sam Williams, they had anybody that was – you know, really got your attention and how how good they're. And yet they played a pretty they played pretty good defense.
0: Yeah. Uh, he's, a good coach.
1: he's a good coach. So um let's see what he does with uh, more talent to work with.
2: Well it'll be always a pleasure. The Aggies. he's got him at ten and two, guys. Well, well what would y'all put him at? Hmm? What would y'all put him at? I think I had him nine and three.
0: Nine and three? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they can go 10 and two. I, I, you know, we didn't talk much about Antonio Johnson or and Cooper on defense. They've got some money Richardson, some playmakers on that defense. I, I think they're very capable of going 10 and two. And if things break their way and the quarterback plays consistent, 11 to one, I do think it's possible. That's why, I, you know, I had them number seven on my AP ballot. So I think, I think they're a legit contender. Yeah. And you know what?
1: And, I know it's a tough schedule and everything, but they don't have Kansas on the schedule. Wow. No. Now, you know, I had to do that. So, so where do you have the horns? Did wow, you have wow. A&M at 11 and 1? You know what? I picked Texas to win the Big 12 every year, and they let me down. I, I pick not them this year you're, not. year. you're
2: not picking them this And I'm
1: not going to pick them this year. year, but I bet you they finished third. What's their record? Uh, Probably 9 and 3. Whoo! 8 wow. and 4, 9 and 3. He didn't go to last night's
2: practice, did he? We, I did not. I heard some bad things. I've been. We have not been the most positive people. Come on,
1: you know they got to beat Texas Tech. They got to beat TCU, even though I know they have trouble with TCU. They're going to beat Kansas. Then they're not. You know, West Virginia,
0: Oklahoma. They got to play Alabama.
1: Okay, I give them a oh. loss on both of those games, and maybe the Oklahoma State. But who else? Okay, Baylor. Okay, eight and four. <laughs> and how would they feel? How how are the folks in Austin going to feel about eight and four?
0: That's a they three-way
2: improvement. It. They better like they,
0: it. They, they take like it. it. And they're going to a bowl game. I mean, it's small
2: incremental steps at this point. So I don't think they're getting ahead of themselves.
0: tough okay.
2: times in the five one two, OB. They never had problems with the football team when you were working here, sir. They always well, won ten games.
1: Well, not always, uh, because I was there when Makavic was the coach.
2: Oof! Yeah, they didn't always win ten. <laughs> oh yeah, see, I, I forgot about the. Yeah. I, was know, I was there at 66.3. when I was there with you. Yeah, the. the yeah, the, I mean, you don't know
1: what it's like <laughs> to have seen them back, but I, I, I was there for sixty-six-three.
2: That's true. You just needed me to get into town for things to get rolling, even mm-hmm. though I wasn't covering them.
1: So yeah, you didn't have you didn't have to. It was just the, your aura.
2: It was my aura.
1: All right. So, that's, so that's, kind of, that's
2: the letter after Q. Is right. Quinn at LSU
1: yet? Yeah, we dropped him off on uh, on Sunday, and the wife cried all the way home. Oh my that's God! The, uh, five and a half hours of crying.
2: That's where Big Daddy has to come in and soothe those tears. Yeah, he's he's going to be all right. Dead. Did you should have said Buck with him? He'd have been all right if y'all let Buck move in with him.
1: He's already said that he wants to bring Buck back next year when he has
2: his uh, uh, own
1: apartment because he has to live in the dorm now. You know yeah. that's a rule there. So, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting when a uh, and plays LSU and my son comes in to try to, you know,
2: taunt me or whatever. Yeah, you'll be wearing the LSU gear. So, Well, O.B., we know you'll be here next week. We're speaking at a, the Texas Medical Association annual event. They kicked COVID's butt, and we're going to be eating barbecue and talking Texas football. Cannot wait to see you, brother.
1: Hey, I can't wait. And you know what? I can't wait for Texas to know you to get in the SEC, so – you know, we'll have more opportunities to hang out and and break bread and uh, talk football together. They, they it's locking, it kicking down. Come it's on, happened. come on,
2: let's mm-hmm. go. We're ready, brother. We We're appreciate ready. it, man. And uh, we will check back in probably that second week in October that when things go around, around before October 8th. <laughs> in College Station. We're gonna do it. We're gonna well,
1: maybe it. one. Maybe the Aggies will be five and zero, oh, and maybe one of you guys can hop on a plane to uh, Tuscaloosa. That'll be Kirk. never
2: know. That'll be Kirk. never know. know. (laughs) He's the SEC columnist. That'll be Kirk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, when does Texas and Oklahoma
0: play? Same day. Same day. day. Of course. Same day. We'll see. Thanks, OB. See you later, guys.
1: Bye-bye.
2: Duck, great podcast. We're creeping ever so closer to college football season. All over UT quarterbacks, all over Texas A&M. Football prayers out to the Wooster family. Uh, we, are, we are getting this thing up and moving steadily toward ULM on September 3rd. We'll be back next week for more football hijinks. We appreciate you joining us. That'll do it for 268. I'm said Golden, and he's Kirk Bowles. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.